Welcome back to the Unexpected Fuckery of 40 podcast. I'm Nikita. And I'm Carla. And hopefully you guys have been maintaining your sanity, um, you know, in this past week. It's been a lot going on um, <clears throat> this past week. Um, you know, we, we're still dealing with Corona. Um, we're dealing with the death of Black people in general. Um, and just this week has just, I mean, I feel like this, this year, this week, this month, this year has just been very, very heavy and mentally draining. Yes. Say that. Um, I think for everybody, um, it's just been, it's been a bit much. I mean, it's only six months into the year and already we've had a pandemic. We've had killings. We've had Karens. We (laughs) have... We've had homeschool. We've had work from home. Like, it's just been a lot um, so far this year. And so between the racism and the injustices that are going on right now, we just really want to focus this week um, and talk more about racism and specifically racism in the workplace. Um, We've all kind of experienced that, I think, as a Black person, especially if you're in corporate America you've experienced some form of racism or discrimination on your job. So this just kind of what's been happening lately has just kind of brought that up again for us um, in conversations. So we're, we're still going through the same shit that we started out going through years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That we've been dealing with all our lives and, you know, all of this has just really, um, you know, made me think about how racism has really affected me over the course of my life. Um, <clears throat> and I started to, you know, I started seeing all these kids on TV and um, different broadcasts where they were saying, talk to your, to your kids about racism and it's never too early and things like that. Um, and I agree. And so I saw this little girl where um, it was a black man and his daughter and they were talking about racism and he was trying to explain to her the reason why he got arrested and she just broke down in tears and it made me think about when was the first time that I experienced racism and I had to be between six and eight years old because my brother was not born yet we're 10 years apart so Mm -hmm. I had to be between six and eight years old and um I just, you know, I went to all black, listen, all black everything, all black (laughs) elementary, all black middle school, all black high school, all black college. I am all, listen, pro black, 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 black. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I, um, growing up, never, I never was around white people unless we were out in public. You know, I never interacted with them at all. Like we just never really interacted with white people. And so my cousin, who used to babysit me all the time, she had to be in her 20s. Um, We went to Shoney's in Hoover, Alabama. And I just remember the Galleria, that shopping mall being brand new over there. And we had went for breakfast because back in the day, Shoney's had the good sausage links and a good breakfast buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do you remember that? You remember Shoney's? Oh, yeah. We had a Shoney's that we got kicked out of every time we went. (laughs) <laughs> so I remember us walking into the Shoney's and 
Um, it's so crazy how different things in your life, being that young, I still remember to this day what happened and how that affected me. We walked into the Shoney's and I just remember nobody greeted us. Like nobody there. I mean, it was nothing. The restaurant wasn't packed. Um, there were no other black people in the restaurant. It was, I mean, all white staff, everyone in there was white. And we stood at the hostess stand probably for 10 minutes and nobody greeted us. And finally, my cousin went over um, and I think like almost back towards the kitchen and was like, is anybody going to see us? Like we've been standing here for 10 minutes and nobody has greeted us. And so the hostess came and I just remember her walking us all the way to the back of the restaurant and she threw the menus on the table and she didn't say anything. She didn't say welcome to Shoney's. She didn't say I'm sorry. She just threw the menus on the on the table. And so we sat down and I just remember my cousin being just like seriously angry, like livid, just angry. And she was like, fuck this. We're walking out. She threw the menus on the floor. And so we walked out. And when we got in the car, I just remember her just like literally being in tears. And I was like, well, what what's wrong? What happened? And she was like, they did that, that to us because we're black. And I just remember the whole ride home, like it was just a somber feeling, like it was just so just like she didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And at that age, I was thinking, well, they don't like me because of the color of my skin. I mean, like, I mean, I'm from the South, deep South. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, you know, I mean, and I grew up um in all like I said all black neighborhoods like yeah. all of that I'm proud of where I'm from I mean we had always been told about this I think growing up but I had never experienced that before and so that was my first interaction with racism I mean and it was just for no reason and just thinking back um how can you even do that to a child like okay you had an adult standing here with a child but how can you even you can hate someone so much and have that much hatred in your soul and your heart that you don't even want to see like an innocent child because of the color of their skin because we're in Hoover, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Sick. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. And I just remember my mom being super angry um, when, um, you know, we got home and my cousin told her about what happened and I ne- we never went to Shoney's again, like ever. I, n- I never, ever went to Shoney's again. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have had issues, but I don't think that I've had them that young. And I'm from Mississippi. So, you know, people consider Mississippi to be one of the most racist states out there, um, probably next to Alabama. But (laughs) growing up, I just didn't experience it to that level. Um, My first best friend was white. and then shortly after that, of course, like all the rest of my friends were black. And then I ended up being foolish enough to go to a, a college that was all women and mostly white. And I was just living in La La Land for a very long time. Um, like I experienced racism but or discrimination, but it wasn't like, like yours. It was more subtle. Um, little things being said or like people just removing their children. Um, but what I recently have gone through 
is going to that all women's college that was mostly white. I've just been a little torn the past couple of days because I've been removed from a group related to my college because I spoke out about racism that occurred there and other people spoke out about it. Um, really? I didn't even bring up the topic. A white person brought up, brought it up and they requested that the school make an official statement and take a stand against racism. And then not only just take a stand against it verbally, but like put in some action points and say what they're going to do going forward. Because not Mm -hmm. only did the black people experience racism or discrimination, the white people witnessed it or they even took part in it. And now they, they have looked back and they're like, this stuff happened right under our noses or we witnessed this or we just felt uncomfortable with how things were. And they spoke out about it and made this big post. And so then all the black people started commenting, which again, it wasn't a lot of us and they deleted <laughs> us from the group. Wow. And then they all came the black out people said, from oh, they deleted, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but they deleted all of the black people from the group. They deleted anybody that made a post that was against what the school basically put out. So all they put out at first, the president put out a speech and he said, oh, well, this month in my monthly newsletter, I'm going to talk about just regular stuff going on with the college. And then at the very end, he said, racism is bad. The stuff happening is bad. And that was basically it. Um, And so we thought that wasn't good enough. And so people spoke out in the group and the administrator who works at the school and the administrator of the group overnight deleted us and then made a statement that the group is only for social interaction and for us to keep in touch, not for us to make comments about what the school should or shouldn't be doing. That school will no longer be getting any of my funds, my alumnus funds. Yeah, so then the white people started a petition and they wrote a letter and they that's exactly what they said. And it's so crazy. Like now reading all the comments is split. So half the people are like, you guys are just being ridiculous. None of that stuff happens there. We live in a bubble. We lived in a bubble when we were in school there. And it shouldn't shouldn't be a big deal. Like y'all should be fine with what he said. Racism is not an issue there. What? I was sick. I've been sick for the past two days. Because of all the back and forth. And I, I mean, I don't know why. Because I, I shouldn't be shocked, <laughs> but I am. Like you I, be I, for shocked. some reason, I just thought that it would be where they would take a stand. Like I served on the executive committee for the board for the alumni association. I started the chapter here. I also was an ambassador. I was a class agent. Like I did all this stuff for this organization or for this college, and then I give. <laughs> money because that's how they survive is off donations because it's a private school and so I just I'm I'm so torn and I'm sick to my stomach and I really hate that I lived in this bubble of a world where I thought that it was just like rainbows and butterflies unfortunately like that's yeah I'm getting emotional now talking about it but it really 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 upsets me when I think about yeah, that would have upset me too. Um, again, I don't think you, <clears throat> I would probably be, I wouldn't be surprised. However, um, I would definitely be outraged if this is somewhere that I am 
taking the time to, like you said, create things um, in your free time because this is your alma mater. So you want to do that and you want to you want other black people to go there. But um, you're giving your money. Yeah, you're supporting. But absolutely not. I would not be supporting a thing from here on out. For them, like that would be upsetting for me somewhere that I spent four years of my life and that is such a, um, what do I want to say? Like that shapes who you are as an adult, the years that you experience in college. So um, I would, I would totally be upset. I would be outraged, Um, you know, and I think protesters should go to that school. (laughs) So, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a little radical. Um, yeah, not that's, that's it's, it's, in a, it's in an all black town. So it's like the white college that's in all black town sitting on the hill. Yeah, <sighs> it's just it's ridiculous. Um, But anyway, I, I am bothered. I've been bothered for the past couple of days about this. Um, Just trying to figure out if I should even participate in the petition or if I should even participate in giving any more feedback, knowing that at this point I'm completely done. Like I'm done with any organization, any college, any company that does not speak out and say what they're going to do. Because at this point, (laughs) it's just been too much stuff back to back for you to ignore, for you to just stand by and be like, oh, but it doesn't exist here. Like that's just an isolated case in Minnesota. That's isolated in Atlanta. That's isolated, you know, somewhere else. No, that shit is everywhere. And for yeah. you to be like sticking your head in the sand as if it doesn't exist and then giving some Bible verses talking about, well, we love each other. Fuck that. No. Obviously, yeah. there was no love. I heard there was blackface done while I was in school. I, I wasn't fully aware of that. But one of the girls spoke out about that and said she reported it and that the school just kind of said, oh, they they didn't mean anything by it. So just reading those comments from other people and their experiences, I'm I'm just sick. I'm sick to my stomach right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would be too. Like that that would probably affect me mentally, like like it has been doing you. I I would be mm-hmm. literally upset. And I totally agree. I am with the same way. Um any company that I support and I give my dollars to if you're not making a statement anybody that's follow on social media if you're not making a statement and this is for i'm not talking about you know friends and, and things like that i mean because my friends mostly are black um you know so i i you know at different points in my life i've had white friends who i consider cool and you know um but I don't have a consistent white person in my life um, where I can talk to these things about because I want to, I'm all black, everything, um, <laughs> you know, Gray has had, you know, a little classmate and I really became cool with that couple. I really, really do like them, but they've moved, um, you know, back to Texas. And so, yeah, I don't have any white friends in this moment right now. Um, but if you are a corporation or a social media or anybody, any company, and you have not Spoken out, that fucking black square is not enough. I don't even know exactly. why people jumped on the bandwagon with that. Posting a black square does not do anything. It did not do anything. Um, it was a waste of time. And it was also an out for those people and those companies that are scared to say something. It was a it was an out 
to give them to post a black square and say black lives matter and move on and not really speak from the heart and speak about how you feel about what's going on in the world today because over 50 country uh 50 states i'm sorry 50 states and 18 countries have protested and this has been the biggest civil rights movement ever and i you know we said a lot of stuff last episode about the young people and you know how they are out there but I promise you, I feel like this is making a difference. The world stood yeah. up. And it's because what everybody's makes it doing it. Everybody's doing it. But I think because of Corona, Corona may have been, I mean, it was definitely a curse, right? A lot of people died. But Corona has really forced people to be to sit down, sit in place, and and watch what is going on in the world and how it is affecting others. During any other civil rights movement, we have not been in place. We would have been out doing whatever we wanted to do, but we're forced to stay home. So the world is forced to watch what is happening to us as Black people. So, um, you know, you know, posting that Black Square, that didn't mean shit. You have been unfollowed. And I will not be frequenting your boutique, your restaurant, your event, any of that shit from here on out. And I so even, I like reached out to some places that I felt like you're like, you're my favorite restaurant. Like, why the fuck have you not said anything? And it's been silent. So yeah, yeah I've cut off restaurants, even though like, like I said, I've reached out to them and some of the places I was actually surprised that they spoke out and said, not only are we against this, we are actually going to give money. We are actually going to do this campaign. We're going to go on this on this journey to learn more and see what else we can do. So I, I applaud those organizations, those restaurants that are doing stuff like that. And those people that are doing stuff like that. Um, that means a lot. So yeah, going back to what you said about the last episode when we were kind of outraged with the protests Mm -hmm. and the riots, like I still, I, I, I do still feel the same way about hurting our black businesses. Um, but I do feel like this one is making making a real impact because everybody's getting involved. Yeah. And not everybody. just not just black people walking through the streets saying Black Lives Matter. Right. Yep. It's it's, it's the world. I mean, it, I mean, it, over all over in Europe. I mean, just it's it's been the world and they stood up. And I I, I mean it makes me proud. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that this happened. And you know, and like you said the last episode, you don't believe in peace of protest. I'm happy they burned this shit down. Like, yeah, yeah I'm I'm mad about the black business. I'm not even mad about the black business anymore. Yeah, it should have had insurance. I mean <laughs> if you got a business just like anybody else, you should have insurance. But I, I mean, I'm disappointed that some of the black businesses were hurt, but I am happy that they burned that shit down because they made an impact. Minneapolis, they're thinking about even disbanding the police. They have, oh, you know, no. I read an article this morning that they they decided to defund the police there and go like um, a different route. I forgot what the article said, but they were going to go a different route for um, policing and not yeah. have so that that's that, big, seems, that seems honestly that I, I think that's a little far-fetched but um i think you know them banning the chokeholds and saying officers must interfere now when they see something going on like that needs to be state that needs to be countrywide in all 50 states they need to have that 
Um, you know, I'm proud that, you know, Keisha Lance Bottoms and the, um, the chief of police, Erica, that they fired those uh, six officers who pulled those kids out of that car and tased them. And they weren't even protesting. They were going to get something yeah. to eat. Um, you know, we need to see immediate change like that. And I don't think it's 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 not going to change until the police aggression and the behavior that they have changes and making swift movements like Keisha Lance Bottoms did and all these other officers that are being arrested around the world, that's what's going to change it. And, and police. And when you join the police force, now you're going to know my ass could possibly go to jail if I do some crazy stuff or, or be too aggressive or something like that. That's what it's going to take. Exactly. You know, um, and let's not forget Amar Arbery. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that one. We all knew that it was just because it's race, but now it's coming out that it was definitely just because they like hit the man with the car, with the truck and called him a fucking nigger yeah. uh, just, just because they wanted to. Um, so anyway, we went off on that tangent, but... <laughs> I mean, but it was a tangent that we, that was deserved. Right. So yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, this goes into racism at work and, and how we dealt with that, um, over the past 20 years. Yeah. I've been working since 2000 when I graduated college and honestly, I didn't really. So my first job was in Dallas. So let me just go back. My first interaction with white people, period, was at my internship in Clearwater, Florida at Honeywell. I had never even had oh, a party. All right. Yes. Seriously. I mean, it was, it was, I, I, I was thankful for that internship. Honestly, I was. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was the first time I had ever interacted with white people. Ever. Having a 30 minute conversation, I had never really done that until I got on my internship. In Florida. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, you know, there was a, um, a white lady who actually took me under her wing and I really liked her and she kind of guided me. And I thought that that was great. Um, I went on to my first job in Dallas, Texas, and my controller, she was actually a mixed woman. And um, that was great as well. I really didn't experience racism. Uh, and then I moved to Atlanta worked for various companies, but Atlanta's mostly black. Didn't really experience racism. Wasn't really? until, yeah, yeah. So five years, five years, not until I started working for the company that we both worked for together. Yeah. Um, was I when it started. Well. Yeah. And not to mention that the only reason that we got hired for that organization was because they had just gone through a situation where they had discriminated against some black people trying Absolutely. to trying to do something with that organization. So this was like their show of like, let's open this office here in Atlanta, let's bring in diversity. So all six of us for that office were yeah. black. black Latina. Yeah. Yeah. They, we were diversity hires and I knew mm -hmm. that they were not for I me. I, I yeah. fully knew that at the time. And I was I'm not going to miss that opportunity of being able to travel around the world exactly. on your white time. Look, we got to jump on whatever, whatever we can get. I was with that shit, too. I'm like, yeah, I get to travel the world for free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a no brainer. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Um, yeah, of course, I'm going to do that. And so, um, yeah, 
I did not experience it until then. And so um, actually, I remember there I was we both started as regular auditors and then there was a lead auditor position that became available because somebody had moved on. You know, people rotate out of those positions all the time. And I just remember this Asian woman actually offline. You'll probably know exactly her name. Um, when I, I interviewed for the job, I got the job did not have any issues, was excited. Um, my manager, immediate manager was excited. And we all got on a call, a conference call. It was myself, um, my white manager and an Asian um, manager. And she says, yeah, Nikita, you know, I just want to congratulate you and, you know, wish you well in this position because honestly, I just really didn't think you could do it. Wow. And I was like, excuse me? She was like, yeah, you know, I just I just didn't really see you in this position. And so even the white lady was quiet and was kind of like, she just didn't say anything. And so I said, well, why? And she said, I don't know. I, I just really don't have a reason why. I mean, I, I just didn't think you could do it. And I was like, okay, well, anyway, thanks for that input. But I'm super excited about the job that I have. So, you know, what's next? And I hated her ass from that day forward. Let me tell you, I hated her ass since that day forward. Um, every time she walked past me, I would look the other direction. Like, And I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, you are Asian. Like, are you kidding me? You're Asian. You're not white. I'm, but I'm, I'm, you know, Asians don't like us either now. We're, we're the most hated race in the world. So... Yeah. Yeah. So that Nobody that it's it all started there. Um from there being a, a lead auditor and actually being the only black person because it was only six of us out of a group. How many auditors would you say it probably was when you think international and domestic? Maybe a hundred? Oh, I thought it was more like sixty-five or so. Well, maybe when you include the internet, well, yeah, maybe 60, 60 to 100. It was six of us that were Black. Mm-hmm. So now we have to be the lead these audits where we mm-hmm. are the point person for all yep. of these white people who have never even been yep. around Black people. Same, it's, it's the opposite yeah. now for them. Exactly. They never run around a Black person. And I had never been around white people, really. So it, it was a, you know, it was a culture shock for them and a culture shock for us. Now I have to tell these people what to do. And some of them flat out just did not like it. Did oh, yeah. not like it. You know, I was promoted while we were there, too. Yeah. And so I, I, I definitely experienced the same thing that you did when it came to that, like telling them what to do, especially... When you're traveling abroad with these people and you're trying to tell them something and they think they know everything, mm-hmm. like they really mm-hmm. have zero respect for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It was the yeah. worst. It, it was very hard. Um, and I just also remember going through moments where, um, you know, so they might have had an issue with you or somebody else that was on our team. So because they had an issue with you, now we're starting a new audit. We're on a totally unrelated project, unrelated team members. My manager sends me a two-page long Word document bulleting out everything that I need to do to lead by example. Oh, wow. I got those too. <laughs> and I was like, 
<laughs> and, and so being the person that I had started to become, <laughs> um, I sent her back an uh, email. Can you please explain to me why you are sending me this Word document and in this tone? You and I have never even worked together before. I've never met you. It seems like you're making an assumption about me based on something else. And I'm just trying to see what that something else is. Please let me know if you would like for me to set up a conference call where we can discuss these matters or if you have no or if there is an issue at all. Please further explain why you would send me this Word document when I never met you and we have not even started the audio. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. You know, I send this to everyone. You send this to everyone live. I check with everybody before I send my reply. No, you have not. And that was the start of me documenting everything that happened to me. Um, you know, it, it was, it was just rough. It was things like that. I got passed over all of the time for promotions where I knew I have a whole master's degree. This person barely, it just has a bachelor's degree, just got out of college. And you're going to give this white boy this job over me. And I've been here for six years. No, 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 not going to fly. Um, so I actually, had a lot of stuff that happened where I had to, you know, go to the diversity manager all the way up to the top and where things got up to the CEO and they had to to make some changes because they were in fear of a lawsuit. And um, yeah, that's how I got to North Carolina. I had interviewed for a position in North Carolina, uh, was told that I had the job, told to pack my bags, had started wow. packing my bags. Okay, had started packing up my apartment, had the job. And they then two weeks later came back and said, oh, no, we're sorry. Um, We actually gave the position to someone else. Excuse me. Wait, Uh, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I got boxes sitting in my living room. What the fuck you mean you gave the position (laughs) to someone else? They actually wow. gave it to, um, and, 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 you know, a, a guy that actually was very, very cool once, you know, I got to know him, but because his mom, um, also was a big wig there and he did not want to go on out of staff. He wanted that position. They gave it to him. Although I had already interviewed for the interview for the position, signed my offer letter, packed, wow. start packing my boxes. And they thought that that shit was just going to fly. Oh, no, no, no. Not now, not now, not And so it's like so many times before, it probably has for other people. Like oh, you were just a different person, so you spoke up where a person like me probably wouldn't have said anything. I probably would have just been like, "Fuck it, whatever." Yeah, yeah. And so, fortunately, um, when I got down there, because I, I really had a hard time going. Like I wasn't gonna go. Like. So because I spoke up and I, I wrote like a, a page letter um, to the diversity manager and the EEOC and every anybody else I could think of, um, they pulled then pulled him out of the job and gave the job back to me. Really? Yeah. At that point, I didn't even want it. But the diversity manager was black and she was like, um, you're going to take this job. She was like, I'm about to retire in two months. And it's, if that's my last wish, you are going to take this job. You have made all of this ruckus and now you don't want the job. I was like, but when I get there, they're going to hate me. You know, I pull, I'm coming down here again with all these white people. 
And I've taken this white boy out of the job and gone through all of this. And now they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Like they're going to treat me unfairly from mm. the start. You know what I mean? And she was like, it don't matter. You still taking this job. And you still going to move your ass down there because we got a point to prove. I was so thankful for her. Um, you know, they do always have their token blacks on the board. Um, and, and sometimes those tokens actually are trying to make a change. Sometimes they're just there to be a token. But sometimes they do actually make a change. And she she did. And so I went. Um, fortunately, um, in Fuqua, Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, it's it's also a very diverse city. It was black people there. So I didn't have as much as a problem as I thought that I, that I would. But I definitely still had a lot of tension in the beginning from people knowing about what happened. Um, and then just even from there, them not wanting to promote me in North Carolina, telling me that I had to go back to Iowa um, in order to be promoted because they needed the numbers. Because we the need more they play. It's the games yeah. they play. Oh, my yeah. God. We need more black people in Iowa, more black leaders. So we think you should go back there, basically, is what they told me. And I basically told them to fuck off. I'll just quit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have been a part of your number for for ten years and I'm over it. And I think that there are other companies like in a chocolate city like Atlanta that will actually appreciate what I bring to the table since you don't. So deuces. So, so it's funny. So since you bring up the chocolate city, um, it's the same thing has happened for me. So I've been here for what over fifteen years now, and. It's the same story over and over and over again. I get passed up for promotions when I'm the most qualified person, have the most certifications, like the most experience, and I'm still not getting those promotions that I should be getting. It's like they talk about the glass ceiling, but this is like a fucking cement ceiling that they put in place so that they can make sure that we don't get promoted or get the things that we want. So yeah, I am in a higher position currently, but even in my current role, I have what, three, three or four certifications, three or four certifications. I, I say, or four, cause one, I don't really maintain, <laughs> but I've gotten four um, certifications. I'm working on another one right now. And I'm only working on another one right now. Because as a person at my organization that has these certifications, the only other person in the organization that has a certification is a black man who reports to a white woman that has no certifications, no master's degree, no nothing. She makes more like we started at the same exact amount. I only know that because I did a payroll audit. Um, right. We started at the same amount. Now she makes over 50000 more than I do. That's crazy. And she has That's nothing. Crazy. And I've gotten two certifications since I've been there. And then now my boss is requesting that I get another one because he said, oh, it will really look good for the organization if we have someone on staff that can that can have certifications and, you know, be be more professional. And I'm like, but well, why don't you take care of $50,000 more than me? They ain't got shit and they just <laughs> they're just living in La La Land getting promotion after promotion and getting raise after raise every year. And it's just like so unfair. It's so like no matter them? what we do, we have to do more. 
every single time. It doesn't matter what we do. Like we always have to be better. We always have to do more. And I know like people talk about that all the time. Oh, you have to teach your children to be better, but that shit gets old. Like this has been 20 years of my career having to be better than the white person that I'm working right next to that has less experience. In my very first position, when I moved to Birmingham, um, I was an auditor there and I trained this other girl that started. She had no audit experience. (laughs) And when it was time for a promotion, everybody thought I was going to get this promotion because I trained her. She applied for it and she got it. And I trained her like, a few months. I don't know. I want to say like six months before that. And when I went and asked my boss, like, why didn't I get it? She said, oh, because she comes in here and asks me about my personal life. Like, it ain't how she not work. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually I did quit there, obviously. Um, But I think so many times we're in these positions and we get passed over for promotions. But because sometimes it is a little harder for us to get jobs for me. I mean, I have switched jobs a lot because I do get fed up, but I do think like right now I'm trying to be more strategic and like stay in this position for a few more years. Right. Cause I'm like, it's just going to be harder and harder. Like the higher you go, the harder it is to get that position because they don't want to see us in these higher positions. They don't. They're always going to hire white persons, white people, if, if there's a white person in the, as your competition, they're going to get hired most likely. Absolutely. Or unfortunate. Or if you're hired as the token, um, which, you know, I have certainly, even after Mm -hmm. I left that Midwest company, I was hired as a token, unless they, they want to want you to deal with the other black people. They will give you that position if it's if it's a situation like that. Yeah. You know, they have someone they need someone. If you have a whole shared services division, because let's let's be honest, in my experience, and I'm not saying this is true for all companies, there are usually no black leaders in finance. They ain't about to let Mm -hmm. y'all black people handle their damn money now. There's always usually a token um person in the executive leadership team in legal for some reason we're gonna let you fight for us and argue outside but we're not gonna let y'all handle our money so mm-hmm. in all of the companies that i've been in there's never been a high-ranking uh, black person in finance however if there is a shared services division that is mostly you know they're black usually black women black men Oh, absolutely. They're hire a black director or finance or black accounting manager because we need you to help us iron out all these issues that we have with the black people. So we're going to hire you. And that's happened to me also. Um, and, and, and yeah. you know, I'm not going to turn down a job making a whole lot of money just because I'm a diversity hire. I know that this is how the game yeah. goes. I'm also playing the game as well. Yeah, you know, I'm going to so, period. Yeah, I'm gonna take that position, and, and I am gonna try to help the black people that um, you know that report to me. Now, whether or not that's a whole different podcasting episode, yeah. as well. <laughs> whether or not they want to yeah. accept the help from a black person versus a white person, it's 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 because so the mentality weird. of some people is just so backwards yes. that 
you just can't. It's very complex. It's very complex being a manager. It's, it's how things work and talking about race and dealing with race. And you think it, your own people are going to be on your side. But if I tell you something, you ain't going to listen to me. But if Karen tells you something, oh, yes, okay. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, you know. And then they... And then they talk about, you know, people move here all the time and they're saying, oh, Atlanta is like the black Mecca. Like, and on one hand, yes, like people come here and you're a black person, you can get a job, you can be successful, but being in corporate America. Yeah, it's hard. It, it's very hard. Um, and especially here this week. You know, I've had to check a couple of people. I'm like, I am in I wish a bitch would mode. It is the wrong time to send me some fucked up ass emails and where your tone is not coming across the right way because I am checking that ass on site. Okay, I'm going to match your same energy. If you send me an inappropriate email, I'm going to make that shit just as inappropriate. Like I am not playing with these people today. I will not stand for you talking down to me, talking down to anybody on my team that reports to me that is black and you are a non-black person, I will not stand for it. So I have been addressing it. I need you to fix your tone. That came across inappropriate. You know, I need I need for white people to have a little bit more cultural awareness, especially with what's going on in the world today. And I'm not saying that black people, we need we get a special pass to say and do whatever the fuck we want to because of what's going on. But white people have to be a little bit more aware of how this is making us feel um <laughs> in this day and age they don't have to because they don't have to be aware they're not aware because it's not personally affecting them they don't right. do it <laughs> right. so right now like maybe right now i feel like there has been an awakening in some people mm-hmm. and so i think some are now like checking themselves and saying you know what I do recognize now looking back that I've done some things or that, you know, I've allowed things to happen under my watch. Yeah. So some, but we're going to see whenever we get back to work in real life, (laughs) real life will kick back in. And we're going to see like, if, if it's really been a change in people with having this awakening that they've been having, having. Yeah. Which leads us to that 40 shit. So there was an article that came out on medium.com and we're going to provide a link for you guys because I thought it's a a short article, but it summed up and summarized exactly how I feel um, actually waking up, logging onto my computer every day. And it's called maintaining professionalism in the age of black death is a lot. And, And the article reads, I just witnessed the lynching of a black man, but don't worry, Ted. I'll have those deliverables to you by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so the article just goes on to talk about how, you know, your black employees are exhausted. Your black employees are scared. Your black employees are crying in between meetings. Your black employees have mentally checked out and your black employees are putting on a performance. Yeah. If our work isn't up to par, we just saw a lynching. Pardon us if we're quiet in the Zoom meetings. We're wondering if we'll be the next hashtag. Spare some grace if we're not at the company happy hour because the hour of joy that most adults look forward to has been stolen from us due to the recent string of Black death. 
And I just want to read this last paragraph because it it really did hit home um, for me, just dealing with this stuff and talking to people every day and texting about stuff with with white people. Um, So it's saying, we're biting our tongues, swallowing our rage and fighting back tears to remain professional because expressing that hurt caused by witnessing black death is considered more unprofessional than black men and women actually being killed. This shit, what a great article. And it really did speak to to how we feel. Just like when they check in with us each week on our conference calls or when my coworkers are texting me or calling me up to to ask questions about stuff, I just have to kind of put on a cheerful voice. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah. <sighs> Same. I I mean, I've really been, I feel like I was on edge all last week, um, going into this, this week, you know, I'm, I'm a little less on edge, but I'm still just very still. And I wish a bitch would mode. Like I said, like, I'm just like, don't fuck with me in this moment. Um, but yeah, like I have, we, my mental health is, is struggling because I have to deal with all of this stuff. Um, while still trying to, like you said, put on a, a performance. And mm-hmm. same thing. We had a call early last week. Um, and the first thing my boss said was, how's everybody's weekend? Now, this is a weekend where oh, they God. have burned shit down. You know what I mean? Here in Atlanta and everywhere. This everywhere. Is, I mean, and so everybody on the call was like, oh, we're, we, it was good. Nice and relaxing. I said, fucking flamingos. They just got their heads in the sand. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I really wanted to say, like, yeah, we're not, I'm not doing good. It's a lot of things going on that have, have, it's just, it's, I'm exhausted. Like, it's just so much. The news coverage is 24 hours a day. Like, it's, and so, but nobody said anything. So I didn't say anything. I felt bad afterwards. Um, And I was wondering, should I have spoken up? But, no, like, what's the point? No, the point? there's no point in, in speaking up. They're watching the news. They see what's happening. So, yeah. no, I don't think that we should be on our work calls saying, oh, well, you know what? I really feel like shit right now because I just saw a black man and a black woman get lynched. Right. Because then they're not going to know what to say. Exactly. Because <laughs> to the point of the article, it's more professional. They're going to say you're unprofessional for bringing that up. And yep. even like with, with my calls, our building got hit. So they're talking about that and like how, you know, people are protesting near and around my building. And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is happening. But we're doing our job to to keep things clean. <laughs> and I'm just like. Right. So you're not going to say the reason say why it happened and <laughs> yes. what you got against it? No, my my company. Yeah, my company did, though. They sent out an email. It was a very heartfelt email. I I mean, it it was later than expected, but it it happened. And I was proud. I mean, and everything that they said in the email, like it, it, it really touched my heart. I think it was very sincere. I don't Mm -hmm. know who wrote it. And (laughs) who who finally said, hey, you might want to say something. Uh, but they did. And yeah. I, and it made me feel good because I was starting to be concerned. Like, so they're just not going to say nothing. 
Like, so we just not going to, like, the company is not going to take a stance. And, and so for me, in my heart and soul, like, I also really um, struggle with when I work for a company that does not sit well with my morals and values. And that's the thing. Like, I think as Black people, I mean, I think as people in general, like, that's something that you struggle with mm-hmm. when you're when you're working. Like, does this company line up with my morals and values and should I continue to work here? Should I just leave? Like how hard is it going to be to find another job? I think about that shit all the time, but for me, I'm just thinking about the bigger picture. Um, I I got a few more, four more years and then I can quit, (laughs) but I won't quit a day before that. Unless something, unless something like really happens where yeah. I'm just like, they violated me so much that I'm just completely over it. And then I'm going to have yeah. to sue my asses or something. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I just feel like we do have to weigh that. I think everybody has to go through that when deciding to work somewhere and when continuing to work somewhere. Like, does this company line up with my morals and values? And mm-hmm. if not, then what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Are you going to speak out or are you just going to leave? So, yeah, I think all of that, though, just messes with your mental health. Um, and especially currently, like I'm I have been struggling, like I said, with especially with what happened with the college. And then when talking to white people that I consider to be friends or have considered to be friends at some point and trying to explain to them why this shit is bad and like. I'm just, I'm so over this stuff. And I think usually when something happens, like there's a death or not a death, when there's a killing, a lynching that happens, it happens. And I think, you know, we know that there's probably not going to be any justice. So I think we kind of become desensitized to this, um, unfortunately. And then with this situation, like you said, we're, we've been at home. There's been multiple things happening back to back to back to back. And that's just, cause this awakening with people you just, we just got to maintain our mental health the best way we can like i i have good days and i have bad days and i'm sure you do too just yeah. yesterday we both spoke and we wanted to record yesterday and it was just a bad day like this shit is really taxing on your mental i had to get out this morning and go for a long walk cuz i just needed some fresh air to clear my head clear my mind like pull it together. Yeah. You gotta do something. Yeah. You gotta do something. And yeah, I just had to stop like, um, at a certain point, like I don't really watch the late night news anymore. Like I watch, you know, five o'clock or maybe even midday, but like 10 o'clock, I don't watch the news and I kind of pretty much try to get off social media. Like it's, it's over. It's, it's too much sometimes. I don't want to go to sleep every night with this type of stuff, um, in my mind. However, what was on a funnier note, um, you about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. (laughs) You haven't seen that? No. Oh my God. Oh my God. You have to go look at my IG page and look at that video. That was the most Oh my God, that was the funniest thing for me all week long. This I did black see lady. the boy um, or the man yesterday saying that he was quitting and he was recording himself while he was cursing everybody out. Well, you racist and fuck you. 
And then he's like, what you going to do about what I'm saying? Fuck you. I'm out of here. You racist bitch. Like he was going off on everybody and just walking oh, around with his wow. camera. So I was oh, like, wow. I'll be happy when I can do that one day. No, <laughs> this is this black lady. Um, I don't know. It was a black police officer and it was a black lady. And he was, you know, had handcuffed her, girl. And she just was. Oh my god! It was the funniest thing ever. She was not having it. She was like, "You about to lose your job? Is this is this job worth it? Is because you about to lose your job? Is this shit worth losing your job over? Like barely hanging out, no bra on. Like oh, so, is that the one I saw the picture? I didn't watch the video. I just saw yeah, the picture. They remixed it. Oh my god! That, when I woke up Friday morning, I literally woke up. You about to lose your job? You about to lose? Your job because you detained me for nothing. <laughs> yeah, so now I gotta go watch it. <laughs> yeah, they gotta go watch it. So I mean, it's some some stuff I've just been really, really trying to avoid. Like I said, the news sometimes is just overkill. It's too much for my for my my psyche. Like I just can't um, have that much and still worried about Corona and still working from home and wearing these masks and fucking ninety five degree weather. And, yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's a it's a lot. It's um, a lot. So I think we just all need to do something to maintain that. So whether it be the yoga, the running, the walking, getting outside for some fresh air. Therapy. Um, or, yeah, therapy or just taking yourself off of social media for a period of time so you don't see all this shit all the time. Like is it be looking at that all the time. It's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And and it will have you angry. And like I said, I was ang- I was on edge last week. And so again, I've been better this week. Um, but I really just want to, you know, kind of right now where I am, focus on what makes me happy. Keep watching Insecure every Sunday and smiling at Issa and Lawrence getting back together. Um, I really just need stuff that's good for my soul in this moment. And if it's not, step away, step back, or I'm stepping away and stepping back. So, um, yeah, guys, hit us up, of course. Uh, We want to hear from you on future topics. And what's been irking you? What's been irking you in general? What's been irking you as rolling through your 40s? Um, Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, leave us a review, please, on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Um, and until next time, be safe out there and stay prayed up. And we are praying for you. We love you. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.